This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been talking about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And just a real quick, this is not a recap. This is just a little side note. How do we increase his involvement? I'm going to tell you about, about eight things tonight if I get to them. Eight things, eight areas that he helps us in life to increase his involvement in our life. The key is this, is one, we need to know what he does, what his ministry is. Number two, we have to choose to believe that. So every time when you hear a Bible subject taught, any Bible subject taught, you have to make a choice as to whether or not you're going to believe it or not. You have to go, okay, I'm going to believe that. Hebrews 4 uh, verse 2 says that the, the, the gospel was preached to a group of people, to them as well as to us. He said, but the word preached did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. So in other words, when we hear God's word, we still have a choice to make. We can go, I'm going to believe that, or eh, I don't know about that. You remember, I've, I've shared that story. It's in, the, in Luke, the first chapter. One of the, one of the most powerful stories of that example was Zacharias and Mary. Zacharias was the father of John the Baptist. They've been praying about child. He and his wife, Elizabeth, had been praying about a child for years and had had no children. An angel appeared to Zacharias when he was a priest and said, Zacharias, you and your wife are going to have a baby. Told him what he was going to do. Told him what his name was going to be. Told him what his ministry was. That's good news. So Zacharias looks at this angel who just appeared and looks at the angel and says, how do I know this is going to happen? He said, he said, I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced. You know, he did have some tact about him, didn't he? He didn't say, I'm old, and so is my wife. He said, I'm old, she's well advanced in years. And, but he said, how do I know this is going to happen? And the angel smiled and said, well, bless your heart. I know you can't, I, I, I know you didn't have any ability to do it. The angel actually said, the angel probably shook his head and said, look, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. He said, I was sent to bring you this good news. But since you didn't believe it, you're not going to be able to talk for the next nine months. And because God's plan is going to have to come to pass here, we're going to need you to shut up or you're going to short circuit it. That's Alan's version, but that's exactly what's happening. And so here, here he hears a message and he goes, how do I know that's going to take place? And the angel didn't go, oh, that's cool. The angel did not go, that's cool. The angel said, mm -mm. son, that was good news I just brought you. Your prayers were heard and you're kicking it back? No bueno. So he goes to, that's Spanish for no good. <laughs> so he goes to Mary. Same angel goes to Mary, tells Mary, hey Mary, you're going to have a child. It's going to be the Christ. His kingdom's going to last forever. Tells him that. Mary Mary looks up. Mary doesn't go, how do know you're telling me the truth? Mary says, how's this going to happen? Because I'm a virgin. And the angel said, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you and that which is going to be born of you is going to be a, a holy one, child of God. She goes, okay. She goes, be it unto me according to your word. That's all she said. And later on, her cousin Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed that there will be a performance of those things that were told her. Why am I sharing this? Because anytime you hear something on the Bible, sometimes you might hear something and you go, 
well, you know, I haven't seen that in my life, or, you know, that hasn't happened, or I, I don't get it. The best thing for you to do is not, is not to look at the scriptures and go, how do I know you're telling me the truth? The best thing to you is go, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. I may not have seen this in my life yet, but it doesn't mean it's not possible in my life. And this can happen. Does that make sense? And so you'll read things and sometimes you just, we just accept them. But oftentimes we'll read them and it goes, boy, I've never been taught that or never heard that. Examine scriptures. But the first thing you want to do is, is choose to believe. Here's the third thing. And I was thinking, and listen, I've been remiss about this myself. How many times have we thanked God for the gift of the Holy Spirit's help in our life? And I realized, oh, I haven't even done that enough. I mean, we thank him for other things. But the Holy Spirit's a huge gift, a huge help. We ought to be going, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I was thinking, I was thanking the Lord just the, the other day and uh, just driving home, just thanking him for some of the basic things that I have in my life. I'm like, Lord, thank you, thank you. But I, I start realizing I, I don't thank him enough for the fact that he gave me his spirit to live in me. That's a, when we, when we get a vision of that, that's a pretty awesome thought. That we're children of God and his spirit lives in us and he can do all these things in our life. Man, that's good. So in other words, we have assets we've never tapped into yet. And the good news is we can. So when you read these things, when you hear me talking about these things, begin to don't, and don't go, well, that's just for preachers. There's nothing in here tonight that says this is for preachers. This is for all of us. So the first thing we talked about was the Holy Spirit's ability to help us by offering guidance. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you things to come. Here's the first one. He helps us by offering us guidance. He will always guide us in agreement with God's word. He is the spirit of truth who inspired the scripture. So they're, they're always going to line up with scripture. Don't ever think that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you apart from scripture. And I'm, I know, and I've been around this for a while and I've seen some people do some flaky stuff and blame it on the Holy Spirit. Don't blame goofiness on the Holy Spirit. He's not goofy. People say, well, Alan, I know someone kind of messing around with the Holy Spirit stuff. They got weird. No, they were weird before they started messing around with the Holy Spirit. They just found somebody to blame it on now. So he is not going to make you weird. In fact, he'll give you soundness of mind. He'll help you. He'll give you insight. And he's helped me. He's helped me in business deals. that had nothing to do with church. These are, I'm talking with a banker. I'm talking with a, with a business owner. And he gave me insight into a situation and, and things got helped and things got done. Hallelujah. That's helpful. But when you begin to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not by myself here. I'm not on my own. In fact, I'm a Christian. I'm representing. I'm a representative. I'm an ambassador of the Lord. I believe ambassadors of the Lord ought to do a good job. Amen. That always goes over like the proverbial lead balloon. I, I really believe that if we're ambassadors as Christians, I, I believe we should do a good job. So wherever you work, you ought to be a good one. Remember, we're ambassadors. You know, we don't send goofy people to be the, our ambassador, the United States ambassador to Romania. We send pretty sharp people over there. You don't want somebody flaky 
in Romania saying crazy stuff. And so as ambassadors, we have a job and we represent the Lord. That's a whole nother subject. I'm just going to get off of that. I can, I can tell the enthusiasm level is just rising highly. <laughs> the, the, he, he helps us by guidance. He helps us by offering. He doesn't force or push. Guidance has to be responded to. Now he's going to guide us into the truth, truth about God, truth about yourself, who you are. He'll give, he'll give you guidance into areas in your life that help. I've noticed themes in my life that the Holy Spirit helps me with. Over and over again, I see themes and patterns. I'll talk about that in a second. Number two, he helps us by telling us about the future. Jesus said he will show you things to come or he will tell you things to come. Now you talk about something that's helpful. This is huge helpful. Insight into the future is a huge help. The value of being prepared. Warned about loved ones going home. That's a huge help. It gets you prepared. You know, you know some things are coming. Warned about my, uh, I got a call one night and my mom told me that my sister was in the hospital and it wasn't looking good. And it looked like that she might, she might not make it. And I sat down, began to pray and just had a, just a sense come up in my heart, she's going to be fine. And I called my mom back. I said, Leslie's going to be fine. And Leslie was fine. But you can imagine that being told things to come, it worked out. They found out what was going on. It worked out. And so that helped. People say, are you a psychic? No, I'm not a psychic. We're not talking about psychic. We're, we're talking about what the Holy Spirit has the ability to tell you. Joy was overdue with Christina. We were waiting for Christina to be born. Matthew was about two and a half. And we were out at the park. Joy believed, I, I think it's proven to be a myth, that you could walk a baby out. <laughs> but if you tell my wife that, she's going to give it a shot. And so we're at the park and she's doing laps. When Joy goes past due date, it used to be tough. I, I, I wanted to get a hold of the doctors ahead of time, say, whatever the due date is, just give me some margin because... When that lady hits, due, when her due date comes, it's like, bless God, it is time for this child to be born now. So she's walking, just walking, walking, walking. And I leaned down because Matt was throwing sand in my face. And I, I leaned down to stop him. And as soon as I, I leaned down, I, I just, I knew. I knew when the child was going to be born. And it was, it was going to be in two days. I knew what sex she was. This is, they were, this is when ultrasounds weren't as good. And one doctor said, boy, one said, girl, he didn't know. He said, girl, and that she weighed six pounds, seven ounces. So when Joy came back, I said, stop walking. I said, she'll be born on the 17th. She, she'll, it's a girl. She weighs six pounds, seven ounces. So we fast forward. Joy's going through her hours and hours and hours of labor. <sighs> I'm in there, one of those nurses came in. This, this nurse had personality stronger than goat's breath. And uh, <laughs> she just came in, me looked, Joy, she looked at me, she said, she said, it's a stubborn boy. And I just blurted out. I'd been, in, I'd been with joy and labor. I mean, I realized she's doing the work. Hey, this is tough on me too. I just, I just blurted out. I said, no, I said, it's a, 
I said, it's a girl, and she weighs six pounds, seven ounces. That nurse looked at me like, Pfft. I looked at her like, <laughs> got a little show down there. Then Christina was born. I'm like, it's a girl. She looked at me like that. She said, let's go where? I said, let's. I went with her. <laughs> she put her down right there on the thing, and she, looked, she did the calculation. She looked at me, she said, six pounds, seven ounces. I said, yep. <laughs> Thank you. We, we, walked, we walked back into... Uh, we walked back in the thing, and I saw this nurse made a beeline. She talked, she talked to all these other nurses. And finally, when I looked up, she said, are you a Capricorn? <laughs> and this was my, one of my better moments. I said, no, but I was born under the sign of the cross. Amen. And uh, <laughs> i never forget. The whole group went, oh. A little bit later, one of the nurses, I never, a little, a little nurse, a little timid little nurse, she slipped up to me. She said, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> I said, good, why are we whispering? <laughs> the Holy Spirit can tell you things to come. I'm not a Capricorn. I don't know what I am. Really don't care. Um, <laughs> But the idea is he can tell, not just, not just trouble. He can warn you and let you know and trust. He can tell you when, when things are going on. He can, oh, listen, if you're raising teenagers, you need his help. You, our, kids, our kids got to be where they were a little bit intimidated because we would tell them, we will find out what's going on. And if we can't figure it out ourselves, the Holy Spirit will tell us. <laughs> Sal, that sounds like a threat. No, we meant every word of it. And, and, there, were, and there, were things, there were times. But what happened is our family got to learn that you really don't try to pull anything over on mom or dad. They will find out eventually. And uh, he's helpful. How about, how about warning you about boyfriends or girlfriends? Listen, guys, if you're not praying, if you have teenagers and you're not praying about their boyfriends or girlfriends, I suggest you start no. now, <laughs> tonight, because the people that are in their life make a difference. So he'll tell you things to come. That's number two. <laughs> Only six more to go. Let's listen. <laughs> number three, he helps us by teaching us. John 14, 26. John 14, 26 says... But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, he will teach you. Now, I'm going to read a verse. It's a little bit of a longer passage, but let me just read this. It's 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. I want, I want, I want you to see this passage again. Paul is writing. He's quoting scripture here. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Stop right there. How many of you have heard that verse right there? And how many of you heard people stop right there? And they'll go, I hadn't seen here the things which God's prepared for those that love him. I believe that there are some things that, that we we'll haven't seen and heard yet. There's just a lot, but we have to keep reading. 
It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So what do you, you, you catch the gist of that. He's saying, people say, I just, you know, God has got all these lofty things. Right, but he's given us his spirit so the spirit can teach us. So have you ever been reading your Bible and all of a sudden a verse just jump out at you? And you go, oh my gosh. I never, you ever heard said, I've never saw that before. That word actually means, teach means to reveal. It means to uncover. And so what we'll see is that God can uncover his word. He can reveal his word. He can reveal his plan to you. We were thinking, Joy and I were thinking for years, we're going we're gonna to go to pastor a church. Well, not for years, for a short amount of time. We didn't know where we were going to pastor a church. We're right here in the area. And one day in December of 1995, it's like, it's like the Lord took the cover off of it and I saw, it's Conroe. We've been, we've been praying all around the place. It's Conroe. He revealed it. Wasn't we were so smart and we just clicked on to it. He revealed it. He reveals things to you. Now here's something I suggest for people. I suggest that when you read your Bible that you keep a notebook by. If you like to call it a journal, call it a journal. But I keep a notebook by and what I've, what I've determined is I'm reading something and I, I might get an impression and I'll write down some of the things that I, I sense that the Lord is talking to me about. And so I'll write them down. I don't write them down. In fact, I rarely ever get anything in my personal devotion time that I share in terms of preaching. I write them down because they're for me. And then, and then what I do is, because I keep a notebook, I'm able to go back, and over time, you, you can begin to see a pattern of what the Lord is saying to you. Now, recently, I was, I was just meditating on Psalms 18. I like just to find a psalm and stick there for a while. Well, I found... Psalms 18, and I stayed in the first three verses. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Isn't that a good, isn't that a good passage? So I'm just, I'm just meditating, kind of sharing and talking with the Lord. And, and, a, and a word came up in my heart, don't flinch. I say, well, Alan, this happens to you because you're a preacher. No, no, no. This was, this was actually for me, not for you. So let me just read you what I wrote down. And I, I just keep this in my notebook. It says, don't flinch. When I was a kid growing up, if someone acted like they were going to punch me, I would flinch. You ever seen older boys? They, we used to frog one another. Take your elbow like that and hit each other in the arm. Remember that? Make a knot. I know you probably get sued for it today, but we used to do that back then. And we just and we would hit. And and so and so the bigger boys liked to do that, and then they would go, and just to see if you jumped, you would flinch. So it says, when someone acted as if they were going to punch me, I'd flinch, afraid they were going to hit me. But because the Lord is the strength of my life, my shield, my protection, I don't flinch at life timidly stepping around, hoping to avoid any problem. 
I trust the Lord and do not flinch when troubles threaten. Instead, I rejoice as a strong man and give thanks. You see it now? I didn't try to work that up or wordsmith that. I'm just writing, and, and, and I was impressed. I've been doing this for a while, so that's what I've been. Listen, you, you can write down stuff in your journal. You say, well, Alan, what if it's wrong? Wrong to who? Unless you decide you're going to put it on your Facebook page, no one's going to see it. So you just write it for yourself. But it, it, made, it, it made sense to me as I'm talking about the Lord and my strength. Sometimes life threatens. And life says, I'm going to break up your marriage. I'm going to make you sick. I'm going to, and you hear that. And we tend to flinch. The ones you ought, the, the guys you, you didn't want to mess with are the guys you'd wear back like that and they didn't move. They looked at you like, go ahead. And that's how we have to handle life. Because the Lord is the strength of our life, because he's our shield, he's our protection, he's our fortress. We're not alone in this. And so when life goes, huh, I go, shoot your best shot. I'm not afraid the Lord is the strength of my life. Do, do, do you see what, what's he doing? So that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, teaching. Revealing, helping. Say, will he do that for me? Remember what I said when we talked about it? Don't go, how's that going to happen? Go, Lord, be it to me according to your word. Thank you. But he'll talk to you and minister to you in the way you understand. And something that relates to you. Does that make sense? And so you have the ability because the greater one who lives on the inside of you and he can guide you. Here's, Here's the fourth one. He can bring things to your remembrance. He helps us by bringing things to our remembrance. This goes simply beyond having a good memory. Have you ever been thinking about something and all of a sudden the scripture comes up? Ever had that happen? And you're like, oh, there's, there's an answer. What happened? Holy Spirit brought something to your memory. Ever, ever just, just woke up in the morning and a song comes to you? I'm, not, I'm talking about a good song. Like a, how great is our God? No, I'm not talking about <laughs> just going to keep going um, a, a song that edifies you that, that, build, that builds you up not, not, a, not a song that tears you down and, or, or maybe you remember I, I had someone come and talk to me the other day that said I was in the hospital and he said I was in, in a situation and this lady looked at me she said and I heard your voice and it, it was in a message that I said in something that registered. Well, I wasn't in the hospital and she wasn't playing something. But, but the Holy Spirit can bring things. He brings things up to our remembrance. And so if you stop thinking about it, how do you think the Bible was written? It was inspired by the word of God and the Holy Spirit was there. And so he can bring it to people's remembrance and they were, it's like they were there and they can remember those things. So again, that's, a, that's another thing that he can do is bring things back to your members. He teaches us. He guides us. He shows us things to come. Let me run through ooh, in four minutes. Can I do four of them? I don't think so. Let me, let me close with this one. I'm going to jump. Guys up there in the booth, I'm going to jump to the very last one. He brings hope into our lives. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, if I can really encourage you on one thing, please understand this, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus called him another helper. And the word another, in the Greek word, it actually means another of the same kind. He told his disciples, the guys who spent years with him, the guys who watched him for a long time, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He said, for I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. To your advantage? Can you imagine? Don't you know those guys were kind of, how's this going to be? To our advantage that you would go away, Jesus? He said, if I don't go away, the helper. He said, I'm going to give you another. That's John 14, 16. He said, I'm going to give you another helper that he will be with you forever. That word helper means helper, comforter, encourager. It means someone who is an advocate. Oh, let me put it this way. Someone who's on your side. Someone who's backing you up. So I've heard people say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit was just condemning me. That's not his job. And I'll talk about that next week. He doesn't condemn. What he does is encourage. Sometimes when we miss it, and all of us do, but I've found that the Holy Spirit is not there to push me down. He's there to help me get back up, to minister hope to me. And understanding that the negative voices that are coming, that's not him. The hopelessness that's come, that's not him. The defeatism that comes, that's not him. The Bible talks about the Lord wants us to abound. Hope, the word hope is not a wish. The word hope means a positive, favorable expectation. The Lord wants us expecting, living expectantly, living expecting something good. And the Holy Spirit, he will, he will minister to us expectancy. I don't know about you, there have been times in my life where I was expecting, I don't even know what I was expecting. I was just excited. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm excited, but I'm excited. But you know what? I, shouldn't we live that way? We've got a God who loves us. And he's not weak. And he hasn't lost his ability or his power. And he can help us. And so, man, we hear something like this. We go, Lord, thank you. I can abound. I can overflow in positive, favorable expectation because your Holy Spirit is work he's working in us good things. Getting us to expect good. I really believe it's God's best that we live as expectant people. That we live not down, not depressed, and I've been there. I, listen, it, it is no fun, and it's not a good witness for him. One of the better witnesses we can have is that we have a, a sense of expectancy about us. Have you ever noticed how, how the people around you, especially the people who don't know the Lord, they're not expecting anything good. The only thing they're expecting good is if I can get to the weekend and party through the weekend, I'm going to make it. Listen, I've lived that way before. I, you're knocking out about five days of the week. I want to wake up on Monday and expect something good. How about Tuesday evening and expect something good? Thank God we don't have to wait till Friday night to be happy in life. We can abound with expectation by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to minister expectation and hope to us. He is the God of hope. And the Bible said he fills us fills us with all joy and peace in believing. I don't know about you. I could, anybody could use a topping off maybe on the joy and peace level in their life. But that would help us. And he can help us. 
and he wants us filled. It honors God, it helps people, and it makes us a light to the people around us. Guys, there are so many hurting people around us, and there are so many people that need the hope that you have, and they need the expectation that you have. And it'd be such a blessing. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. My life is messed up. You don't realize how blessed you are. You don't. Joy told me something years ago, and I'll close with this. She told me something years ago. Our kids who have been raised in a Christian environment, one of them, Michael, my youngest one, he looked, he looked at Joy, she, and he said one time, he said, yeah, he said, but you never did backslide. And I'll never forget what Joy said. She looked at him, she said, no, I didn't. She said, because I remember how it felt to be lost. I remember how it felt. I think sometimes our challenge is, if you grow up in a Christian home, you don't realize how blessed you are. And if you've forgotten how it is to be lost, then you need to ask the Lord, say, Lord, thank you for my salvation. Thank you that when I lie down to bed and I go to sleep at night, I'm not worried about if I die. I'm not worried. Listen, if I die, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm, I'm not worried. That, that doesn't bother me anymore. You, whoo. What a help. What a blessing. Thank God for his grace. And thank God for the Holy Spirit who's going to keep whispering hope to our hearts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that you minister hope even in the middle of difficult times. And Father, for those tonight who are struggling to believe that hope is possible, thank you that light can come, help can come, peace can come, comfort can come, because they are equipped for it. And we thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that he lives in us. He's empowering us. And we're oh, so grateful. Said your bow and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know if I've really ever made him the Lord of my life, but I'd, I want to be confident. I want to be sure. Or you're here this evening, you say, you know what, I've, I've known the Lord, I've gotten away from him, and I want to come back. Or we're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front. Our, our purpose is never to embarrass you, but to give you an opportunity to make a connection that will last for eternity. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you, neither one of those situations applies to you, and you would like our prayers, would you just lift your hand and say, Alan, would you pray for me? I've been away from the Lord, and I want to come back. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Anybody else? Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, on the side, way up at the top. Great. Thank you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you didn't lift your hand and you, and you really want in on this prayer, that, hey, here, here's the good news. It's a heart prayer. You can get right in. We're going to pray it. You pray it with us. We're going to pray it out loud. Say, dear God, dear God I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus, that my past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. 
Thank you for the work that's been done in them, those who have stepped out of darkness into your light, and for those who have come back home. Lord, we rejoice with them, and we are grateful and appreciative of all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.